0: Hello and welcome to the studio. My name is John Bernstein. We're going to talk about edge computing for the next several minutes. Data, data everywhere, but is the edge what we think it is? Chris Dando, is the edge what we think of it? What does it mean to HPE and to you?
1: So, so, so I think the edge is is changing, and and it's not a single single place. Um, So I think historically, if we thought about enterprises, you thought about the edge as being potentially the retail store, you thought about it being the hospital, you thought about it being the manufacturing site. I think we're thinking about the edge of the future is much more distributed. Um, And it could be in people's homes. They could be part of the edge. It can be on devices that move around. So it could be the car, the airplane, and so forth. Um, and, And consequently, I think it's, coming to terms with some of the, the impact of having data right out there at the edge that is business critical now is where the, the, the evolution of technology is going towards.
0: Very good, Chris, thanks very much. Christina Finlay, uh, the edge, what does the edge mean to you and your organisation? Is it one for the future or one for now?
2: Yeah, it's, it's definitely one for the future. I mean, for me, I'm, I'm listening, I, I will be listening to what, what others are saying and how others are using it um to see if it's relevant for for you know for what nest needs for what a government pension company might need in the future um and how we understand our customers and and, and our investments
0: very good simon white from a construction point of view uh, the edge what does it mean to your organization so i think simply for us it is one for the
3: future um, but it's it, it's really i think how we can link it into digital twins that's a kind of a buzzword that we've got around the industry mm-hmm. And I think it will really give benefit when we've got really clean processes and we've got digital twins that you can do predictive analytics on and
0: get information at your fingertips. But I think we're a little bit away from it right now. Very good. The same question to you, Martin Wallace, from a from a government, a local government point of view.
4: I think The Edge is a great guitarist, but no Van Halen. <laughs> um, really. um, no, seriously, I think that there's there's plenty of opportunity, you know, we've kind of looked at it from maybe a, an IOT or a health point of view for, for digital telecare. I'm the senior responsible officer for the changeover in Scotland. Um, so there's, there's plenty of opportunity for it to actually give that real time analysis and data to make business decisions quicker, especially for environmental impact when we've got IOT devices in, in towns and cities, and, but more importantly, I to see a big role for it in, in healthcare and how we deliver health services in the UK or dare I say, Scotland specific.
0: Very good, Martin. Thanks very much. Chris, I want to talk about the business benefits with with everybody in a second, but just so we're all on the same page, in terms of that definition of what the edge Mm -hmm. is, I know some definitions vary. My understanding is it's really about putting the computation, the storage, as close to the data source as possible.
1: So close to the data source um, and doing, to a certain extent, performing some analysis on the data at the edge rather than trying to send everything back to the centre. There are reasons why you can't always do that um, whether it be the volume of data, whether it be the speed of communications, the reliability, the or the ability to do communications over those long distances means you need to have some processing at the edge for the sorts of data that we're analysing nowadays.
0: And from your perspective, internally maybe, but talking to customers, observing customers, what's Go working on. and what's not working?
1: Yeah, so, so I think um, um, we need to think this as being a a step change in the technologies and the way that we manage it. So we've got the technologies that can help at the edge, but if we think about the edge, it's as likely to be a more hostile environment than it is in a data center, in the cloud, you know, in the central environment. You've got to think about the environmental requirements. How do you manage a distributed infrastructure rather than just deploy and forget about it? Um, and, and you also need to think about how do you get data back to the center when you need to?
0: Very good. Martin, can I come back to you and just thinking about making the business case for edge computing? There's a danger that we become very technical and get lost in the weeds about this. But making the case to, I guess, the CEO and the CFO, how do you make that case?
4: I think it's, it's going back to there's a phrase that's going to be printed on T-shirts or on my tombstone that I've used many times working in public sector for the last six years. It's been human by default and technology and data by design, not the other way around. So if we look at edge computing, there's an opportunity there for rural communities to be able to do community-based and place-based um, architecture of services around the human the, the, the intervention for, for communities and, and the people, which could require edge-based computing to actually make that decision better because, as, as a friend in the studio said, that trying to get that link back to centre is going to be much, much harder, especially for rural. So that helps with the likes of Highlands and Islands in Scotland, Wales, and, and colleagues in Cornwall and Devon as well, but not necessarily we have the the technical infrastructure like 5G or or super fast broadband or fibre to get back to base to do that computational analysis that we need to do to improve outcomes.
0: Human by default.
4: Finish that off for me. Human by default, technology and data by design.
0: Very good. Martin, thanks very much. Simon, the same question in terms of translating the technology and the potential of the technology into something that means something to the CEO and the CFO.
3: So I think putting on from what, what Martin said, our, our company vision is powered by data, driven by people. And I think that the technology is an enabler, but the people add the value and the people with the experience always will add the value, possibly until we get to AI. But basically, um, that, that is how we show the value back to the business. So aggregating all those, all of those different data sources. And I guess the point where we are at at the minute is what does real-time information look like? And do you need real-time information for different aspects of your business? And if you can get a refresh in five minutes or 10 minutes, is that enough? Or do you invest heavily in the edge where you need
0: real-time data? So that's really the dilemma at the moment. And, And Simon, to what extent is data central to your organization?
3: I think we have at the moment we've got corporate data and then we've got operational data, um, and we've got all different sort of levels of, of data, which are, you know, ultimately they're, they're rendered by a, a human into, in, into, into, uh, uh, computer systems. So from our point of view, it's really aggregating that data in certified data sets, And then we use Power BI basically to visualize that to the business. So we're changing the terminologies, if you like, the understandings of the board, that they're talking about data as an everyday aspect, they're talking about certified data sets, and it's really changing that culture, and that's that's where we're starting to get the value where people are asking for it, and then the technology can deliver it for them.
0: Simon, thanks very much. Christina, that same question about making the case the business case.
2: Yeah, I think, I think for, for me, and we've all kind of, it sounds like we're in a, in a similar place with, um, for us, we're implementing human-centered design um, and, and we see data and technology as an enabler of, of how do we ensure that we're getting better member outcomes. Uh, you know, our members are in the lower income levels of society, um, and, and so how do we actually create a lot of value when we're thinking about investment in technology, um, it's proof of concept is the best way for us to build a business case is to try a small slice to try a small test of you know is this going to work kind of if we're if we're looking at how we how we bring in different kind of investment sources of, of, of information um, what's the, what's the best way for us to do that absolutely with some kind of proof of concept where we say actually the investment is is worth the the added benefit to our to our members and their and their pension pots
0: and to what extent? Similar question that I asked, Simon, in terms of data being instrumental to your organisation. To what extent is it instrumental?
2: Yeah, I mean, in, in certain areas, I would say uh, similar to most organisations, in pockets, it's amazing. And we could not function without data. In, in other areas, it's, it's much, much more intuitive. And we're working on best practice. Um, so, so definitely, I would say, inconsistent right now across the organisation.
0: A final question. And, Christina, I'll I'll stay with you for this final question that I'll ask uh, all of you in terms of uh, unifying data across the organisation, which I'm guessing is a uh, universal objective. uh, From your perspective, what needs to happen?
2: One of the things that I find, actually, is that, that technology is moving much, much faster than the people in the business are able to kind of absorb and and, and work with. Uh, so for me, there's something about the, the, the storytelling or how do you take all of this data and turn it into insight and spend much more time turning that into insight that makes it really simple for the organization to know what to do. So when I think about, you know, I say, you know, we've got pockets of the organization that's really, really data literate and really, really running on data, other pockets that's not. For me, it's those pockets that's not, and, and the way to get them working on all these different data sources that we have is genuinely to say, actually, here's the insight, here's the action we need to take. And that, that is back to being quite a human thing um, that, that we need to invest some, much, some more time in so that we get the organisation working across the board.
0: So in terms of a barrier that you're facing, that's, that's a cultural barrier you need to overcome rather than a
2: technology barrier? Uh, I would say it's a cultural barrier. It's a it's a, a a cultural shift to genuinely see that it's not not just subject matter expertise, but actually the data brings an objective point of view.
0: Very good, Christina. Thanks very much. Uh, and Simon, the, how do we bring the disparate bits of data together in the organisation?
3: So I think um, again, from our point of view, we're probably fifty percent of the way through our data transformation at the moment, and. Um, Part of it is the technology side as an example, two years ago, we didn't have a single power bi license in our business. Um, we then went up to about 700 users and then back down to a kind of a corporate approach to it. Um, and the things that we've really learned is the technology is there, um, and getting better, but it's about data trust. If the, if the business cannot trust the data, then you don't get the utilization of that data. And then they, then they create their own data which is kind of off system. So data trust is is the the first thing. And when you build a, a, a report, whether it's Power BI or any any other system, the first report you've got to build is a certified data report that says this data is clean and it's correct, and then people trust it. And then you've really got to build that skill within your own business. So we don't have a centralized data team for building reports. We have created a network of people where in in someone's particular area of the business they've got to upskill they've got to own the data they've got to build their own reports and we're probably as i say 50 percent of the way through that it's been extremely successful to date, it, but it's not easy it takes a lot of hard work and it takes um you know uh, partnership between the business and and it
0: and just briefly the the rationale behind having that network rather than a centralized data
3: operation. in my experience in the past the uh, as an example, we probably have 2000 reports, um, 2000 automated reports running in the business. If I was to centralize that as a team to manage that, it would be you know, inefficient. Um, and it's also going to be you know, a blocker on innovation. So basically having networks of people who do it themselves around the business, It it gives you the governance which you need, but it also improves innovation and it also allows people across the business to connect with their data instead of having to come back to the centre to say, give me access,
0: give me access, do this for me. Simon, perfect. Thank you very much. And again, Martin, that core question about how do we get those disparate bits of data together, what are the barriers stopping us doing that?
4: I think it's a combination of different things. I think, as Christina said, culture uh, is required to, to think and utilize with data and skills required to actually being able to, 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 to think and, and, and service design with data as well. You may not be aware it was actually a national spreadsheet day yesterday, uh, which fills me with absolute horror. I think we should table that to be removed if you think that your business runs on an Excel spreadsheet. God forbid that that's the case. But I think, you know, I've, I've got an acronym of ACE, which I've been, you know, helping with the with, uh, chief execs and, and CMTs, corporate management teams across councils about, is Ace is the assets. What assets do you actually have? Where are the data assets? Common platforms such as Microsoft 365 and the Power Apps element of it with your own database underneath that to be able to tap into to create power apps, etc. And, and to extract data from your day-to-day operations. So that's the assets piece. The C is the customer. What's the customer requiring? What reports you need to do in the customer? Where's the customer's data experience and data expertise? And E is the employee. <coughs> is the employee are they sufficiently scaled up to think with data you know we jump on the ship of we need a data scientist data scientists are very very expensive you know we need a data analyst we cannot get them across public sector of scotland because we're just priced at the market and the, the the corporates and and the the fintechs and the emerging innovations of, of the central in scotland are exor- absorbing these types of roles so we need to make sure it's everybody's business to think with data but that requires that cultural and skills piece so ace is the model assets customer an employee to, to actually help that fix it and sort it.
0: And Martin, from your experience working in government, local government, uh, are you pushing an, at an open door when it comes to the use of data or is it uh, more complicated than that?
4: We, we've always used data, right? Um, ministers use data, as we know, to and statistics, and you can put in what you think about that in the back of that as well. But we, we absorb and we create so much amounts of data, but is it relevant? You know, during the COVID pandemic, we had a cottage industry in reporting of, of where things were and having communities and stuff, but was it effective? So we have actually got national projects across all things to local authorities about a national data returns platform. How do we help remove that kind of cottage industry that's been set up of reporting for reporting sake, but how does it actually create impact on the data that's been collected and how do we actually think with data? So I think there is an open door there. I think it's just that nervousness in terms of that cultural skills that has to be helped supported and that's what the digital office my my office is there to help support and support and deliver
0: Martin thanks very much and Chris that same core question that I asked the others in terms of barriers to bringing that disparate bits of data together
1: yeah so so I think um, I think we also need to start thinking about beyond the traditional structured data so you know t- typically that's where businesses organizations have uh, historically um, run their businesses based on structured data. What we're seeing now is more and more business decisions being taken based on the unstructured data, so the the images, the, the sensor-generated data, the f- video-type data, and so forth. And you think about you know, how that might apply you know, to, to many industries, whether it be airports or football stadiums or in healthcare and so forth. So actually, it's connecting the data together regardless of the data type, so actually looking at it across the whole of the organisation regardless of whether it's structured, unstructured, streaming, video type data, and so forth. But I'd also take it one step further. Um, we're, we're seeing connections, much more connections from an information perspective and a data perspective between industries. So how do you actually share it on a whole life cycle basis? So how do you secure it? How do you anonymize it? How do you not share the sensitive parts, but how do you actually share information between separate entities rather than just think about it within the enterprise sort of.
0: and and i suppose that reference to the unstructured data kind of neatly brings us back to edge and just before we go just just make the case a very brief case for edge computing to those that are still thinking about it
1: yeah so so um, look I, th- I think if you're if you're in you know a large location quite often you find multiple separate organizations in those whether that be you know ports whether it be in Uh, malls, whether it be in a hospital type environment, you're trying to cover all sorts, multiple different support type activities, but you need to have some level of autonomy to run those, regardless of whether the communications links are up. You know, At the most extreme environment, we put a supercomputer into, stu- into space. The amount of time that it takes to transfer data on a round-trip basis for that you know, makes it tr- – you, you've got to be very careful about what it is that you share back to the centre and actually do the processing at the edge. And that's the key, is the speed with which you can make decisions on things if you've got the computing power at the edge um, can be quicker than if you're sending all the data to the centre.
0: Chris, thank you very much. Uh, Martin and Simon, Christina, thank you all very much for your time.